Begin Podfix Network transmission. In three, two, one. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, and your best friend. Big show today. You're going to love this one. We are doing all things tinned fish tonight. We are super lucky because Lauren, Lauren from the Wild Fish Cannery in Alaska is going to join us in just a minute to tell us all about the life of a fish canner. Let me tell you a little bit about the cannery and then... Learn about that process and how sustainable it is. And she sent us some tinned fish to taste. So Tim Beat, Rich Collins, and I are going to cook and eat some delicious tinned fishes for you all on tonight's Fish Nerds podcast. Should be a blast. Let me jump right in and tell you a little bit about the cannery before before we jump into this interview, because it's kind of interesting and cool. It's very small, which I find really, really cool about it. So this is what they sent me. Phyllis Mueller moved to Prince of Wales Island back in 1980, not knowing that she'd end up owning one of Alaska's best independently owned fish processing facilities. She started Wild Fish Cannery while employed with the Clowick School District as a bookkeeper, thinking it would be a great summer side hustle. But after the first year, it became clear that her future was in wild fish. A farm girl from Oregon, Phyllis grew up in a home where nearly everything from the family table, was raised or grown on their own land or that of their neighbors. And although she had no formal culinary training, she brought an abundance of old world care to the tradition to wild fish. They lost uh, Phyllis back in 2016, and uh, wild fish was focused on custom processing, serving locals and visitors during the salmon season. That means if you caught fish, they would can it for you. Now, Matthew took over, and he's got a culinary background with the entire childhood's experience working at the plant in the summer. So he knew the business, but also saw a way to grow into e-commerce and the creation of a brand while preserving the integrity of what Phyllis had built. The rest of the tiny team, about 10 tiny team is about, I said tiny Tim, about 10 people, 10 employees across operations in the winter and 20 in the summer. And that is the whole thing. It's a very, very small operation. And Lauren's going to join us in just a minute here. And we're really excited about that. So stay tuned for that. We do have to pay a few bills though first. So let's do that first. You are now listening to the world's most popular pop culture history podcast on Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and everywhere fine podcasts lurk. It's Podcast 42. Damn, son, where'd you find this? I just went ding, ding, ding with my mouth. <laughs> This is I don't know, Chris. Why don't you ask the animals? I don't believe anyone has called you a tiny orange tonight. Like, little bitty ones. Like, pop them in your mouth and you're done. We call it the Rambo Slambo. But then again, it was all about me, and I love me, even dead me. <laughs> because I need to endorse products that are family-friendly. Like the Jello. Like the orange jello, like the yellow jello, like the jello jigglers, like the floop and the fleep and the fleep fleep flop. Listen for free on Spreaker.com backslash podcast 42. All right. And we also have a new sponsor this month. This is a one-month sponsorship. And if you don't sell any of this product, they're not going to sponsor us anymore. So if you like the podcast, you might want to consider buying this product. Manscaped. Yeah, they're sponsoring us now. Uh, this is fun. Support for Manscaped is from support for fish nerds is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Man, I can't do this. Manscaped is trusted by over two million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. And uh, this is very exciting. They want me to talk about my experience with the trimmer. They sent me the lawnmower two thousand. Lawn, yeah, the lawnmower. 3.0 is it called. Uh, third generation trimmer featuring cutting edge ceramic blades, which reduces grooming accidents. They sent it to me along with uh, some underwear and a t-shirt and some uh, ball polish, which I haven't used yet. 
so I can't talk about my experience with it. I will tell you, though, I'm looking forward to doing some manscaping and seeing what kind of patterns I can shave into my body and then impressing my wife with it. I'm sure she'll, she'll never get tired of hearing me talking about shaving and polishing things. But uh, Valentine's Day is coming up, and what a great opportunity for you to impress your, your significant other than with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. So it should be a lot of fun. If you want to get 20% off right now, you can do that by going to uh, manscaped.com and using the code FISHNERD. You get 20% off plus free shipping. And again, we get paid if we sell these and Manscaped will keep sponsoring us. Uh, so this week sometime I'm supposed to actually try manscaping. Um, I'll report back. I'm very afraid. <laughs> very afraid and very uncomfortable talking about it. So Manscaped coupon code fish nerds. If you want them to sponsor us, make sure you go buy that. It's Valentine's Day is coming up. I mean, nothing says I love you like manscaping. I don't know. I can't believe it. Why am I doing this? Okay. Hey, everyone. I love podcasts. Who's got recommendations and send? That was quick. Do you like comedy? What about movies? Pop culture. Um, yeah. Do you like animals? What about science? Well, yeah. Do you dig plants? What about writing, snacks, rambling, and rant? Well, I... The making, improv, and interviews, Canadians, Australians, boating forecasts, and super views, ladies, gentlemen, cretins, or comic books, script reads, bad TV, heads that shook, perfectly big packages popping up, podcasts pointing people to discover other podcasts. Yes. Fantastic. Check out the Podfix Network. Podfixnetwork.com at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on the gram. Plus, check out Podfix Presents wherever fine podcasts are found. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved. And we're happy to be part of the Podfix Network. We're new on the network, and that's how we're able to leverage getting sponsors like <laughs> sponsors like Manscaped with Lawnmower 3.0. So there you go. All right, let's get into this because I'm excited. Um, Lauren's joining us now by by Zoom to tell us all about Wildfish Cannery. So we're going to jump right in. Wildfishcannery.com for more information. Here's Lauren. Okay, Fish Nerds, we're super excited because we're joined by Lauren Mackey. And Lauren Mackey is from the Wildfish Cannery in Alaska. They're on a tiny little island in a tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. And they're here with the Fish Nerds. And Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Nice yeah, to be we're here. Excited. We're excited about this. I was telling you uh, before we recorded that every year we do these tinned fish challenges, and we usually we don't honor the tinned fish very well. Usually we get it the worst sounding thing we can. We open the can up and we eat it, and we don't honor it. So today we're going to do, though, actually talk about your company, which is Wild Fish Cannery, wildfishcannery.com, and then we're going to honor your seafood by cooking it properly following recipes on your website, and then reviewing your product fairly, which we don't usually do. We're not usually fair, but we like you. That's very kind of you. Although it, it, in all fairness, you could also just eat it straight out of the can. We well, would not judge you if you did that. Well, I think we, we do that often. I think we may. What's going to happen is, uh, is after we get done talking to you, Rich Collins uh, and Tim Beat and I are going to, we each are cooking a different can, but we may, we may open the other two cans and do a tasting without cooking them. You may eat it before it gets added as an ingredient into anything. I hope so. I hope so because I'm making, I'm making the octopus, um, the octopus dip for the uh, with the French fries. So I'm super excited. The octo mayo, the octo mayo with the nori fries. Yes. Yeah. I actually I haven't made I haven't made that myself yet, but um, our photographer um, told us that uh, as soon as he was done shooting those lovely photos that he does for us. he ate the entire thing. Um, so you're in for a treat with that. It's well, a- I can't wait. I'm gonna follow, we're going to follow it with, with fidelity. But first, let's talk about the cannery. I want to talk about you know, all things canning fish. We usually talk about how to catch fish on this show. So canning fish is interesting. And what I like about your company is its size. I like that you're just doing it all by hand. You're hand cutting all the fish. And you do everything in the company, even though you're kind of – you told me you're, you're a chief executive marketing director, president – uh, a minute ago, you would give me your title and you also get your hands dirty. <laughs> I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I joined, I joined Wildfish as, um, uh, uh, 
someone who worked on the processing line. Um, I'm actually, uh, my family are commercial fishermen. So I first met Matthew Scaletta, our owner, and um, came to know wild fish and what they were doing because we were selling part of our catch to wild fish every summer. Um, then I needed to subsidize my income on the days I wasn't fishing. So I started working at the plant. Um, now I do everything from help our marketing team, edit newsletters, answer Facebook inquiries, uh, make sure there are no broken links on our website, um, go help the fulfillment center stuff cans and packages and getting those ready for shipments on days where we're a little understaffed. So yeah, it's uh, um, my work is spread out over a lot of different departments. So, so pretty fun. much whatever needs to get done, you're kind of the person they go, hey, uh, Lauren, do that thing. Yeah, and we're a small team. So any given day, someone else is doing that exact same thing. That's perfect. And how long have you been with the company? Uh, oh, gosh. Two, two full salmon seasons, which is the summer. When we say salmon season, it's the summer months. Um, so I'm, I'm actually going into my third salmon season. Yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but Alaska doesn't measure their, their dates and years. It's all by fishing seasons. Yes, correct. <laughs> the calendars are very fun to look at. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's cool. And you've been in Alaska your whole life? I have, yep. Born and raised. That's yeah. amazing. On Prince of Wales Island. Yeah. Wow. So just like a, like a born and raised island person. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. And you said you were a commercial fisherman. Before we get into cannery, I'm kind of curious about your commercial fishing days. What did you fish for? Salmon. Salmon. Um, yeah. I, I grew up, my dad trolled when I grew up, mm -hmm. which is a hook and line hook and line fishery. Um, and then, um, we currently gill net mm -hmm. drift net fish, um, all species of salmon though, trolling targets, uh, mainly there's a big King salmon, Chinooks, yeah. um, part of the summer, um, silver coho, um, some pink salmon, gill netting targets, um, everything, <laughs> everything. Hopefully we get some King salmon, King salmon. They don't tend to travel in schools, so you, you can't rely on catching them in mass. So mm. we'll get King every once in a while, but, um, the other four species, main species of salmon, we, we haul in. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, we gill net June through October every year. Well, that's yeah. fun. I did. I spent my childhood fishing for salmon, um, up in Nia Bay in Washington state when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And we would troll for the big Chinook salmon and have such a fun time with it. So it's, it's a neat thing that you did. So now you're working at the cannery, and that's where you're at now. And, mm -hmm. and your cannery really focuses on locally sourced, local to Alaska sourced seafood and small batches bought right from the fisher people. Mm -hmm. And you guys, you guys actually can them yourself. It's not a big giant processing plant. You guys... Not at all. We are in the same, same small facility that um, we started out in, in 1980. Um, uh, we've added a few, I, I call it the Wildfish Campus. Mm -hmm. um, it's just this delightful, it reminds me of like something out of a, an RPG video game. You know, the, the, the warrior wanders through the trees into the village and there are all these little buildings and one houses the cans, the other is the fulfillment center, which is really, you know, just this tiny little room. Um, the, the biggest building on, um, on the property is the cannery and the smokery. Mm -hmm. um, there's another little shack where we keep all of our broke down boxes. It's just, um, it's a really, um, uh, it's a really fun, charming place to be, um, because it, it, it definitely is representative of that, um, kind of traditional homegrown culture. That's, um, that's so very much a part of, um, the Island communities in Southeast Alaska that end up churning out, you know, this premium, you know, this premium product as far as, as far as their seafood goes. And how is the company doing? Is the company strong? Yeah, I mean, um, it's always interesting talking about it in the context of COVID, but um, we were, um, you know, doing doing well for, we've been doing well the last five or five or six years um, since our current owner, Matthew Scalene, it was his grandmother's business. Um, and she had a, she had a wonderful, you know, tenure operating mainly doing custom processing for locals and visitors to the island um and it truthfully it could have carried on being you know just a custom processing plant 
um, Matthew when you, say, when you say custom, when you say custom processing, you mean like someone comes to Alaska on vacation, they catch a bunch of Chinooks. Now what do they do? They bring them to your, they bring them to, um, what's your name again? Sorry. What was her name again? Her name is Phyllis Mueller. They bring it to Phyllis and say, Phyllis, put these in cans and they can bring them home with them. Is that what custom processing is? Is that? That is absolutely what custom processing That's is. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But Matthew saw the opportunity to, to, you know, grow, grow the business, but also, you know, here, grow the business here, give locals, you know, some, some other options as far as those custom processing options goes, but also to expand, um, expand our reach, um, um, introduce ourselves to a wider consumer base. And so he got a website up and running. We now have a, um, a great um, e-commerce website, wildfishcannery.com. You can order our entire product line there. Um, so that, that growth was already happening um, at a pretty manageable pace. And then here comes COVID. Suddenly people are at home. I don't know if they're, they've just got more time on their hands or they're eager to stock their pantries with non-perishables, but business just exploded. And um, yeah, we were just kind of slingshot out into the, the e-commerce world. And now we're, you know, just, just, it's all we can do to have, things in stock. Um, good. Yeah. So business is, business is doing great. We're very pleased. Well, that's and a little tired. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to hire the whole island, whole island to work for you. Now, can you tell me about the, the island culture? So you're on a small island, in Prince, uh, Prince Edward? No, Prince, uh, Prince of Wales. Prince of yeah. Wales. There's a lot of princes. Prince, um, yeah. Prince of Wales Island. Yep. Yeah. And, and what's the culture like? Is it, it's a fishing culture, I'm assuming. And, What's the, is the industry all in that whole island of fishing? Yeah, there are, um, it's a, the island itself is quite large. Um, it's the biggest in Southeast Alaska. There are, um, there's a handful of, of communities on Prince of Wales Island, um, all of which support their own community-based fishery. Um, uh, I, I actually live in um, the largest town on the island, Craig, there's about 1,500 people. Cloak, where Wild Fish is located, is about 700 people. So these are all pretty small communities, but um, but very much um, you know actively involved in and supporting um, the fisheries that are around here. So there's um, there's salmon fisheries, um, longlining fisheries, so black cod, halibut. Um, there's a um, a really cool fishery called um, for those who don't know the the gooey duck dive fishery. Um, there, there are, yeah, I want to talk. There aren't that. many of them. There's one in Sitka. There's one um, uh, out on Principles Island, and there's one outside of Ketchikan. Um, yeah, and you know, even uh, aside from the commercial fisheries, um, subsistence fishing is a huge part of people's lives around here. So, um, when you talk about the culture, it's a culture that's very much um, connected to um, the relationship with the natural world and with salmon and the harvests and those non-calendar seasons. What do you do during that time? You kind of alluded to earlier. Um, Well, it's interesting. My my folks lived in Juneau, Alaska after I finished high school. My whole family left. I lived in New Jersey and they left New Jersey and went to Juneau, Alaska. Without you? Without me. They left me behind. I was 18. (laughs) Uh, It was right before I graduated high school. So the choice was finish high school on a mat or go to Juneau you know, halfway through my senior year of high school. And oh, man, I'm sorry. How do you make that choice? And you're, you know, 18 years old, you stay in your high school because you want to finish what you're doing. And they left me behind. And I yeah. never, they were there for six or seven years. I never made it once to visit Alaska. It's one of my big life regrets not going. You still haven't been? No, no. And it's funny because my dad was the commanding officer of a Coast Guard base up there of Juneau. And what he did, well, I was working at a deli in New Jersey after high school. And one day, these two enlisted uh, uh, Coast Guard kids came in with a giant cooler. And they said, is, uh, is Mr. Groves here? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. I'm Clay. And I was like, you know, I was 18. And they said, uh, uh, they, they gave me the salute and they put the cooler down and they walked out. And I opened it up and it was full of halibut and that my dad had caught the day before in Alaska. And he had them bring it to New Jersey on a Coast Guard helicopter. Oh, my gosh. I was working on and I had I was 18. I had no idea what to even do with this giant cooler of halibut. So we I just, was going to say, what did you yeah. do with it? We had a big all that fresh fish. fish. Oh, 
Yeah, we just breaded it and dropped it in the fryer where we've been cooking French fries all day. We had no idea oh, <laughs> what to do with it. It was so good. And, but I didn't have any money. I couldn't go to Alaska. So I still haven't done it. It's on my bucket list. Is your family still there? No, they're in uh, Port Angeles, Washington now. Okay. So, and I get out there once in a while and we'll get up to uh, Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. But Alaska's a little further away, although it has it its is. own feel, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, but big regret to not get to experience all the real Alaska, you know. Life's not over. Life's not over, Clay, but life is short. So add that back to the top of your to-do list, please. Well, I will, and I'll visit your island and come check out your cannery when I'm up there, too, because that'd be really fun. Maybe when I get big fish nerd sponsors, they can they can pay for my travel fees to, <laughs> to visit all. You can places. stay on the Wildfish campus. Oh, I'd be in. I'd be so in. And it's funny because I also worked as a commercial crabber in Washington for just a very short time. Okay, uh, so you got some sea legs. Yeah, yeah. When I'm I'm a, I'm a fishing guide here in New Hampshire, but it's not the same as not even close to what you guys are doing up there. So I don't want to compare. You know, I didn't like it. <laughs> so. Not saying I liked it. <laughs> saying I did it. I, I want to talk about gooey duck because I've seen these okay. animals in real life. And they mm-hmm. are big, gruesome clams. Just they are. Gross. Offensive. Looking. Yeah, they're very <laughs> offensive, very phallic looking. Um, like I can't think of a more offensive looking animal. And I, right. I want to know, like when you first saw one of these, did you think, yeah, I'm going to eat that thing? I um. You know, I'm I'm revealing a lot here. I I think it just comes with like kind of being immersed in what what goes on here. Not not actively immersed, but like you, it's going on around you, so you're not really paying attention to it. So, admittedly, I had never seen. And we're we're salmon fishermen, and sometimes your fishery is your fishery. Mm-hmm. I had never seen it. Really, one. I had never actually seen it um, until a few years ago, and. Um, I <laughs> I really didn't have I really didn't have any words. I could not believe that that thing existed below the below the surface of the water. It's amazing. Now, uh, listeners aren't going to be able to see this, but you are blushing <laughs> as you think about gooey duck. <laughs> For all of you listeners at home, go and Google gooey duck. Yeah, I might put it on the. Uh, I don't know how to talk about it. Yeah, it looks like a big wiener. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Huge. It's a monster. That's all it is. Uh, now in Port Angeles, Washington, there are statues of gooey ducks around town. So like some people Is there really? It really is, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you walk downtown, there's statues of all kinds of stuff, including gooey gooey ducks. Where my dad keeps the marina my where my dad's boat is, there's a gooey duck statue. And it's just as gross as a statue. So <laughs> well. Yeah, you know what? It's deserved of it's deserved of some some recognition, it's though. Plus, we know we're going to kill it and eat it. We must give him a statue, right? Right. Um, so, so your gooey duck is smoked gooey duck. Yes. Right, and yeah. I imagine they're huge animals. So, out of one yeah. one gooey duck, what do you, how many cans do you think you get? Oh gosh! See, I knew you were going to ask me a question like this that I wouldn't be able to answer. Um, you could make it up. We wouldn't know. You know, um, they can grow up to, I mean, three, four feet long, I've mm-hmm. heard. But um, uh, most of the gooey duck that we, um, that we process is, um, I mean, I would say maybe you're eating, we're, no, you're eating the whole thing. I'm, I'm, we remove the shell. Mm-hmm. How graphic is this supposed to get? You can go as um, we are rated R if you want, so it's okay. Okay. You remove the shell. And I'm trying to remember, um, uh, and gooey duck is, is, I mean, we're, we're processing salmon all year. Mm-hmm. Um, gooey duck is a, um, a very small fishery. Like I said, there's only a few places around the region that harvest gooey duck. Um, and so we're not, we don't process it all the time. Mm-hmm. I've only ever worked on the line once when we were processing it. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I think we use the whole animal. Other than, I mean, we tossed the shell, obviously, but I think we used the whole animal. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know if I'd ever eat one. If I saw one in the wild, if I ever just go for it or not, but I think maybe I wouldn't, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you just kind of avoid. All right. And so, you know, gooey duck and you have octopus and octopus are caught as a bycatch in Alaska. They are. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, we work with one, one fisherman, one small boat fisherman who he works at, uh, the pot cod fishery up in the Bering sea, captain mm-hmm. Dustin Dickerson. Um, and, um, there's actually, sorry, a great name, right? Um, interestingly enough, there is no commercial octopus fishery in the state of Alaska. And so all octopus caught is deemed bycatch and it is then primarily sold for bait, which is egregious in yeah, our opinion. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, bait for what? So we can, for crab pots and stuff. I mean, what are they really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. But we can, you know, we can, um, make use of, you know, this premium product and we can, um, small boat fishermen, you know, better than they could get the product for, um, as bait. And so, um, yeah, it's a, um, it's a good, it's a good relationship that we have with them and, and we like odd things and it's another fun, um, uh, it's another fun, odd seafood that we can add to our line. Yeah, we. I, now I've handled octopus before. My uncle and I used to go crabbing for Dungeness crabs out in Port Angeles, Washington, and the octopus would get in. Not crabs. We were going shrimping, getting the big, mm-hmm. the big tiger shrimp, and yeah. the octopus would get in the shrimp pots and eat the shrimps. And he would pull the octopus out and cut him open and get the shrimp out of the octopus and then eat the octopus and the shrimp. Like he was like, they're not getting my shrimp. Like he was not going to be sure. And then he's, you know, nothing goes to waste. There we go. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Oh gosh. He hated them. He got so mad at octopuses and I was like, they're crafty. They are so smart. They are. They're so smart. And I know people who won't eat octopus because of how smart they are. Yes. My mother, including one person. Well, you should tell her the smarter the animal, the better they taste. Like how good is bacon? Right. And pigs. Oh man, you're right. Yeah. Right. So wait, 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 we're talking about eating octopus and, and do you eat a lot of canned octopus? I eat no canned octopus. I, I not, not because I, I feel any particular way about octopus. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, um, I think I, I tried, you know, I wanted to try a can of everything, you know, as an employee. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't get it for free, you know? Matthew, are you listening? I don't get it for free. So. No, you don't get free options. Um, but um, no, I mean we, yeah, we um, we we go catch our salmon, and I'll we'll bring our salmon to wild fish, and that's what I eat. And well, I mean the but, salmon, the salmon is so good. We have here in New Hampshire, we have Atlantic salmon, which is such a different animal. And it's my my parents, you know, who catch shrimps all the time, won't even look at Atlantic salmon. They just see that, and they're just like, "Yeah, no, that's not a fish." Like, what are you doing? So it's such a different. And I've never had I've never had Atlantic salmon. I mean, I I I never even really ate Pacific salmon outside of the state of Alaska. Um, not to sound snobby or anything, but um, why would you? But yeah. Why would why would you well well you would you would if it's you know if if you know it's it's sourced you know mm-hmm. um, in a way that preserves the integrity of the integrity of the fish the integrity of the meat um, but mostly I'm just like I grew up eating salmon I'm in I'm in the lower forty eight now what else you got for me I don't need to eat salmon while I'm down hey. here. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a steak. All right. So, so you're in Alaska, you're, you're working at the cannery. And one of the things we, we do a lot of with the fish nerds is we talk about sustainable fishing. We don't support unsustainable fishing practices and we won't have a product on our show that's, that's not sourced well. How do you control that side of the business? How do you make sure that what you're serving is sustainable mm-hmm. seafood? Mm-hmm. Well, we've, we've got it easy. Um, the the state of Alaska um, and our our fisheries management system is is kind of a model for fisheries management systems all over the world. We have sustainability actually written into our state constitution Good. in the fifties when we became a state. Um, we made sure that the fisheries were going by law. The fisheries were going to be managed in a way that ensured sustainable harvest methods. Um, that the amount of fish determined 
in the ocean, the biomass, they call it, um, would always be far more than what they call the total allowable catch. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have science and research base um, uh, information that is helping the fisheries regulate the um, regulate the harvest. Um, all Alaska seafood is, or I should say, most Alaska seafood is wild caught. Um, there are some shellfish farms in the state of Alaska, but as far as like with finned fish fisheries, um, those were banned in the nineties. And so you have um, a guaranteed uh, uh, wild product, which in and of itself, um, you know, asks that you are supporting um, the, the kinds of practices that ensure that the, um, that the environment that the, the resource is in is, is healthy and that the practices, that the sustainable practices are supporting the health of the environment as well. So we have to do very little uh, beyond saying um, that we're, that we source from, from the, from Alaskan waters. Right. Um, and you're mostly getting your stuff right on the docks right there. And the boats come in, you're, you're getting our, it. all of our, all of our product comes from these small boat community-based fisheries in, in our salmon from Southeast Alaska. And then, um, we may we may source some from um, the the Copper River area if I remember correctly, um, the fisheries in the Copper River area, and then our our octopus from from Dustin in the Bering Sea, and then our our gooey duck from um, from the local fleet here. Yeah, local gooey duck divers. <laughs> right. Also, for those at home who can't see, Clay is Clay is looking at the Alaskan the midnight sun. <laughs> On the opposite end of the calendar, I'm slowly getting darker, so I'm glad oh, that people I was, are watching. I was noticing, noticing how dark it was there. So, yeah, it's <laughs> funny. It's only four thirty where Sorry. you are. It's eight thirty where I'm at. So that's really great. And so I've enjoyed talking to you. And um, so this is wildfishcannery.com. If they want to get this, you'll ship it anywhere. Anywhere domestically, yes. Yes. Anywhere domestically, and they, and they should get it because it's it's sustainable. It's supporting a really small business in Alaska. All right, so you've been in Alaska your whole life, right? Yeah. All right, what is your favorite? I'm personal now, I can ask you. What's your favorite thing about Alaska? My favorite thing about Alaska? Yeah, actually, um, I, was, I was literally thinking about this this afternoon. Um, you, at any moment, you can look out the window at the landscape around you, and um, it is so dynamic. The, the, everything from the the light to the, um, the wind, you look at the layers of the trees and the mountains and the water, and, um, you never look at the changes and it's, it, it just like, it kind of, it kind of reminds you that you're in this super, like I said, super dynamic world. That's just, it's so alive. Um, and it's a really cool, it's a really cool place to be. Um, it's a really cool place to work and, um, it's fun to know that the, that the work that we're doing is supporting, supporting the world that you see when you look out the window. Well, it is great. And thank you so much for coming on the fish nerds. And we're excited about this. And that's Lauren from the wild fish cannery, wildfishcannery.com. You Lauren, you've been a delight tonight. Thank you so much. Okay, fish nerds, I'm so excited because, first of all, you just heard an interview with Lauren from the Wild Fish Cannery, wildfishcannery.com, and she was just a delight. I feel like, I feel like maybe she and I have something special together now, and, <laughs> but, but she was a real delight, and we're so glad to have her. And she sent us some canned, some tinned fish to try. So tonight we're joined by Rich Collins, our fly fishing correspondent. Howdy. And Tim Beat, our effing, effing, Essayist, Tim. I should give should, should have thought of an easier title for you than that. It's really hard to say. It, it's a tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. <laughs> and 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 they sent us each three cans of tinned fish, but they didn't give us each the exact three cans. Tim, what'd you get? I got salmon, smoked salmon, and smoked gooey duck, and smoked herring. Mm, that sounds great. Yeah, that sounds great. Rich, what did you get? I got smoked salmon, smoked gooey duck, and smoked octopus. So I and I got the same as you, Rich. Okay. And, and I and so we all picked one to cook for tonight. I noticed that nobody chose to cook the salmon tonight. First of all, why did we not choose salmon? It's, it's a heavy day. 
Yeah, you can eat that right out of the can, which I intend to do. Yeah. yeah. There's no surprises when it comes to Chinook smoked Chinook salmon. It's it's going to be good, right? Although my can is open right here, and it does not look like the 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 crap you get in the grocery store at all. That pink, like, smush. This is beautiful. Well, one, of the, on it. one of the things, and we heard this during Lauren's interview, is in this cannery, this is a pro- hand processing plant, which means... Those fish come down the, the line. They're cutting them with knives on cutting boards and pa- hand-packing them in the cans. So every piece of gooey duck you might have touched or octopus you might have touched or herring, that was cut by hand. So they were, this, there's a lot of personal touch in your I have your not food. been touching my gooey duck. Uh, if, if you had seen my gooey duck this morning, you would not have touched it either. <laughs> I chopped my gooey duck up. Oh, man. It is... <laughs> is the gooey duck is the grossest looking animal I've ever seen. But in the in the can, it wasn't. It looked fine. Looked no. like protein. No. So what we're going to do is is we've each recorded a, a cooking segment. I'm going to mix that into here. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about we're going to do a live tasting of of a fish right out of the can. So I thought maybe we do that first up. Get that raw, not raw, smoked fish out of the can tasting done. Then talk about our experience cooking whatever fish we chose to cook. Sound good? Sweet. Sounds good. So what are you tasting, Rich? I'll let you do that first. All right. So I have right here, um, let's start nice and easy, the smoked salmon. And I've smoked things before. I have a smoker. This is beautiful. It's got beautiful color. It's giant chunks of real real fish. It looks it looks great. So um, you show us. Oh, on the on the on the old I feel like I can smell it. How to dump salmon juice into your computer keyboard. <laughs> no, I'm not going to show anymore. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're beautiful whole chunks. It's not like processed or pureed. Oh, it's really good. And they must use real smoke, real hardwood, too, because I can smell it. I think they use hickory. Ooh, hickory. So how are we doing this? Should I just chow on I, some? Yeah, can you, you know, take it? a forkful or something and... Show us and then taste it and tell us your thoughts. So I'm not a huge fan of salmon in particular, um, farmed salmon. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess this isn't farmed. This is wild fish. They pick all these up at the docks on the little island there. So this is all hand I can see the color if it's not from uh, if it's not from the smoke, but it looks really good. Hmm. It is really good. <laughs> nice and salty. Caramely. Mm, yeah, that is that is high quality salmon. Yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna do this with chewing, but No, you did great. Now those are those are Chinook or King salmon is what you're tasting. And they are yummy. Yeah. I used to live out in Washington State and we used to go out fishing for these Chinook salmon and they are just like the gold standard of like how salmon should taste. Us East Coasters with Atlantic salmon are really have no idea how fish are supposed to taste. So, all right, Tim, what are you tasting? I am tasting the salmon as well. And uh, as Rich said, it's gorgeous in the can. I was really surprised when I opened it, but it's just beautiful. And unlike Rich, I love salmon, especially smoked salmon. <laughs> Oh, it's good. It's a winner. It, the texture, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's it's not mushy at all. It's nothing and, like and that the pureed goop. No, and it's it's not over smoked. The smoke is just is, is in there, but it's not overpowering the fish at all. Yep. Oh, that that's wonderful. Well, that that sounds great. Now, first of all, Tim, also, what are you what are you drinking with your with your fish now? What are you pairing it with? Drinking it with a dark horse Merlot. Nice. And Rich, how about you? Red wine with fish. I know, that's weird, uh, but it is smoked salmon, so. Great Rhythm Double Squeeze, Portsmouth, New Hampshire's own. Nice, and I have a highball in a Angler's Pint glass. Ooh, I should have got you, mine. You're right, Clay. Normally they say, you know, do you drink white wine, but I find with things that are smoked like this, it's so meaty. Yeah, I don't think a white wine would really hold up to it. No, I think salmon. I think with sam- with a smoked salmon, red's the way to go. So I'm tasting the gooey duck. Mm. Smoked. Where's my fingers here? Smoked gooey duck tonight. Insert penis joke. Yes, I know. I mean, these things just look the most phallic looking thing ever. So 
There it Although, is, right there. Mm. In the can there, sliced. I When I cooked mine, I was like, thank God, it's not all swirled in there. I don't know how they fit that whole thing in there. These are like the giantest wangs ever. So, I mean, the animal <laughs> with the biggest penis on earth is the gooey duck. Sliced wang. Sliced wang. So I'm going to taste that huge chunk of smoked gooey duck right now. You know, so the pieces in that can are really big, aren't they? They are really big, and so are the gooey ducks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they must slice the schlong. Yep. <laughs> and you know, it's nice and of- clean. That's the thing I noticed. Like, there's no, like, sometimes you get canned clams and there's gook in them and, mm. uh, you know, sand and black bits. This, that was really clean looking. You know what this tastes like? It tastes like the West Coast. Like, it reminds me of when I used to go fishing and eating on the beach out in Washington briny. State. Yeah, it's briny. It's like brine and. It's fresh tasting. Now, how is it compared to, like, East Coast steamers that you would have? I don't like steamers. I don't either. At you all. Know, but, you, but you like this? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think you were right. Who, Rich, I think we just had just the right amount of smoke. It wasn't, it's not hairy. It's not overpowering. It's good. Yeah, I think they use real wood because a, a lot of places will use smoke flavoring or smoke salt. Or pellets or something, tell. yeah. But this is really good. And, I, and, and honestly, like, compared to our previous 10 fish nights, <laughs> well, we were going for something different this time. No, I know. No vomiting. I, I know. I, I, I do think we should still keep doing those things. But holy smokes, what a, what a nice treat it is to open a can of food and taste it and have it taste like food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this stuff's kind of ultra premium. I, I'm starting to figure out. This is like, like you said, hand done. Pretty, pretty nice stuff. Not, yeah. Not every day, kind of. And we should make sure we thank them for, <laughs> for, for. Uh, <laughs> For for sending us those those things there. Thank you, Wildfish Cannery. Thank so, you. Yeah, we appreciate it. And the fact that nobody's vomiting on the table is a good sign. That That's a win, a total win. So really good. And so so what I'm going to do now is, uh, so coming up now, we're going to play the actual cooking of our tinned fishes. Rich Collins cooked gooey duck. I cooked octopus, and Tim Beat cooked herring. And after you hear how we cooked them, then we will... Come back together and we will eat them. And it will be a delightful thing. Hey, fish nerds. This is Rich. I'm in my kitchen in a snowy New Hampshire morning. Well, actually, it's afternoon. It's 1230. So um, morning for me, afternoon for the rest of the people in the world. I am making my first recipe from our canned fish, or in this case, canned gooey duck. I have some smoked gooey duck from Wildfish Cannery in Alaska. I'm going to pop that open. I'm going to make a recipe off their website and see how gooey duck is. Um, To my knowledge, I've never had it. It's an amusing uh, bivalve. I think it's a bivalve. It's huge, and it looks like a giant wiener. So the jokes can flow in at any time now. I've got some pasta bubbling here. Uh, I'm going to cook up some al dente Italian pasta. I've got garlic. I fresh cut some garlic. I've got parsley. Got some olive oil. Got some butter. And I've got this nice, lovely can of gooey duck. Um, Can't wait to get into it. Okay, so I just strained out the flesh or the meat of the gooey duck um, into one of my wife's teacups, very fine China teacup, because it's funny. Um, and the smell is, I won't say it's gross, I won't say it's good. I got a smoky, fishy, but not lovely odor emanating from the um, juices of the smoked gooey duck. Next thing I'm going to do is chop up these little guys. They're pretty big. They're about two inches long, the strips. Um, and I'm going to chop them into little tiny, like, kind of like chopped clams to put in the pasta. Just got to chop and clams. I use a cleaver because uh, why not? And they're pretty nice. It chops up nice into little tiny chunks, almost like chopped clams that you'd get in um, an Italian restaurant in a you know, clam linguine and clam sauce dish. Uh, I gave some a taste, and you know what? They taste really good. It just tastes kind of like a clam. Maybe not as strong as a clam, but definitely it has been smoked. You can taste the smoke um, without a doubt. So next up, we're going to assemble the recipe and try it all together. All right, the butter is sizzling. About to throw the garlic in it. Um, From there, we're going to just give the garlic a little color. 
then it's time to throw in the gooey duck and then after it kind of all mingles in the oil we put in the gooey duck broth reduce it about half throw in a little bit of white wine um, some lemon toss the pasta and parsley and we're done I just plated my dish, looks beautiful, in a beautiful pasta bowl. Um, looks like a linguine with clam sauce, except I didn't use linguine, I used spirals, but same idea. Garlic, um, chopped clam, parsley, a little lemon pepper. I put some Aleppo pepper on mine, I like just a little spice. Uh, and I'm curious if I should put some Parmesan because of the smoke. I don't know if Parmesan would be a, a hit or not. Um, but ready to go, I have some beautiful pictures and uh, to conclude, smoked gooey duck on pasta is delicious. Hello, fishers. Clay Groves here in my kitchen doing a little cooking tonight. We're making uh, a recipe off of the Wild Fish Canneries website. The recipe is the uh, smoked octopus mayo with nori fries. So I'm looking forward to making this. And the first two ingredients are octopus and mayo. So I, I went out into my yard and hassled my chickens and stole a couple of eggs from them, whipped up my own homemade mayonnaise because that's how I roll. And then I, uh, I had opened this can of, of uh, octopus, took a taste, because Lauren told me to taste my octopus before I cooked it, and I did, and it tasted delicious. That was just surprising, because usually octopus can be tough and hard to eat, and this was really a delight, that smokiness really comes through. So I put it on the food processor, and now the game is turn those hunks of octopus arms into minced octopus with their juice. So I'm doing that now. I'm going to pulse it. And it just looks like a nightmare. I'm like I'm making chum. Oh my god! And and later I'm gonna put this in my mouth. And that's it. It's all mushed up in there. I'm going to fold that into the mayo. You don't want to put the mayo in with in the food processor because you don't want to mess with the emulsification. I don't know what that means. Uh, but you do that, and then I'm gonna make some French fries. Check one, two. Okay, so the recipe calls for for russet potatoes, nice big fat russet potatoes, and uh, it asks you to skin them to make your French fries. I don't like to do that. I like to skin on my French fries, but you do you, I'll do me. And we're going to do is fry these up, and then sprinkle nori, which is seaweed, a salted seaweed, on top of them for a little bit of flavor. Dip them in the mayo, and that's really the whole recipe. It's pretty simple. Fry these in hot oil, 375 degrees, lots of salt and deliciousness. You're good to go. All right, I've got a good fry going on here. Nice and bubbly oil, 375 degrees. Got a handful of these fries in there. We're going to fry them to the golden brown. That's really the whole recipe. We're going to put them on a nice plate. Going to crumble up some of that seaweed on top of it. And then put a little nice little bowl of that octopus, smoked octopus mayo. And boom, we got it. And uh, that's going to be the whole thing. Looks delicious. Okay. Check one, two. Okay. So, got our nori fries and smoked octopus mayo all put together. Zoe's joining me now. Hi, Zoe. Hello. For people who don't know, Zoe is our chief kid correspondent, now 13 years old, been with the podcast since, gosh, seven? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, one of our longest correspondents mm -hmm. here. Yeah. So, what do you see on the plate here, Zoe? Uh, I see french fries, um, uh, that, that stuff. Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. Uh, and seaweed. And seaweed, and that's all it is. And in that mayonnaise, I blended up some octopus. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> this is Tim Beat, and today I'm making smoked herring sliders with spring greens and a mango scotch bonnet pepper sauce. Clay and Rich did an amazing job cooking their dishes in their kitchens, and I wanted to up the ante, so I'm cooking my dish while single-handedly sailing across the Atlantic Ocean. I've never eaten herring before, and I'm super excited about this dish. Plus, most of my food fell overboard, and I am really hungry. First, I'm going to grill my slider buns using ghee. Ghee is a type of clarified butter, and it has an amazing taste. But I don't have a grill on my boat, so I'm going to have to use a blowtorch. Look at those buns brown. Beautiful. Next, I have to open the can of herring. But I don't have a can opener, so I'm going to have to use my pistol to open it. Boy, that herring smells wonderful. 
Now I'm going to drain the canned herring over the side of the boat, which I hope doesn't attract any sharks. Herring is a fatty fish and very healthy. It has more omega-3 fatty acids than either salmon or tuna. And if you've heard of kippers, which are whole smoked herring, the wild fish cannery herring is pretty similar. Next, I'm gonna make our sauce. I'm combining plain Greek yogurt with mango scotch bonnet hot sauce. The hot sauce is bright orange with small red flecks in it, and it's my favorite. You can really taste the mango. Scotch bonnet peppers measure in at about 100,000 to 350,000 on the Scoville heat unit scale. In comparison, a jalapeno pepper averages about 5,000 Scoville heat units. But this hot sauce is really not that hot. It has great flavor without the heat overpowering you. Oh, it looks like the buns have been nicely browned by the blowtorch. Now I'm putting some spring greens on the bottom bun as a base. That keeps the moisture from the herring from making the bun soggy. Next comes the herring, then the mango scotch bonnet sauce, and finally another layer of greens to keep the top bun dry and crunchy. Hey, hey you seagulls, get away from my sliders. Take that, you feathered thieves! The six-inch can of herring will make two or three sliders, depending on how much fish you want on each slider. And I shot one of the seagulls, so I know what I'll be having for breakfast tomorrow morning. All right, All right so let's, let's do a tasting of our actual food and talk about our thoughts on these things. Who wants to go first? Do you want to take it, Rich? Sure. So, all right. So, I'm from Central New York, and we had um, linguine with clam sauce. Very simple recipe: chopped clams, linguine, parsley, lemon, maybe some parmesan. And in New England, I can't find a good linguine with clam, so I uh, I got the recipe off their site: gooey duck, which is clam, I guess, um, with just pasta. So I made a very simple, simple. Um, pasta dish. It looks doesn't look good in the bowl here now because I didn't plate it for um, presentation, but I took the gooey duck, which is like nice chunks. I chopped them all up. I made pasta, um, garlic, olive oil, parsley, lemon, mixed it all together. Um, and let's see, I put a little bit of Aleppo pepper in it because I like spice. So um, it looks great. It looks like any chopped um, clam dish. So let's try Mmm, the smoke is really unique. The clams taste, or the gooey duck tastes kind of like normal clams, but the smoke, a little more bite on the clam than a, than a typical dish. There is some substance to that gooey duck. Really good, though. That is really good. And what kind of pepper was that on there, Rich? Aleppo, A-L-E-P-P-O. Um... I love it. It's hot, but it's not super spicy. It doesn't burn your eyeballs out. Um, so I put that on kind of everything that I can. You know, it's got nice color. It adds nice texture, and it just gives it some warm. It's kind of just a little hotter than black pepper. Aleppo. It looks great. Oh, yeah. That is good. I'd eat that all day. <laughs> all right, Tim, let's let's see yours. I'll let you know, Tim, you're going to go last. I changed my because your recipe is coming up, you came up last on the playthrough earlier, so I'm going to go next, and then you will you will go. I lost my, my Zoom link here for a second. Oh, there I am. All right, so Tim, I'm going to go next, and then I'm going to let you go. So I made a, um, I made octopus, I made, uh, what is it? I forgot what I called it earlier. <laughs> nori fries with octo mayo. I made nori fries with octo mayo, and... <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> I know what you made because I was looking at it. Going, Damn, there it is. Good. So I've got, I've got French fries, right? Which there they are. Nice little bag of French fries, and those are topped with salt, sea salt, of course, and chopped nori, which is which is uh, dried seaweed, salted seaweed. And then I have a dip that is just mayo and octopus blended together. And I made the mayo from scratch, and the octopus I took out of the can. So from eggs, it. you made the mayo hand handmade aioli. I well, because I have chickens, and so I have an abundance of eggs. 
And nice. Beautiful. I don't have abundance of mayonnaise, and I've never made mayonnaise before tonight. It's my first time making it, and it's I couldn't. Delicious. It's delicious, and it's easy. Like yeah. there's nothing to it, and now I want to make all kinds of aiolis. Oh, experiment. Aioli. So here we go. We're going to dip this fry into the mm. into the octo dip. Get a nice big gooey hunk of that on there. Gooey hunk. Mm. That was good. Wow. I want to know how you pureed or what you did with the octopus to make it mayo-friendly. Oh. Did you beat it with a stick? or I just yelled at it until it was embarrassed, and then <laughs> you got right in there. Mm. That was, wow. That was good. And it was funny. When I was talking to um, I was talking to Wildfish Cannery earlier. They were telling me that a lot of people just make that dip and just grab a spoon and eat it. So. Which I'm not going to do because it tastes good, but spoonfuls of mayonnaise, no matter what's in it, is too much for me. I can't do that. (laughs) But that's delicious. I'm going to have one more. Tim, you're up. I'm going to eat while you talk. Well, Clay, your dish is the perfect side dish for what I made. So I made smoked herring sliders, which I think would go great with those fries. And um, I I put some spring greens on there and um, toasted up the buns with ghee. And then wait, I made wait, a wait, sauce. Wait, for- wait, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> wait, wait. Isn't a gi the the white jacket that karate kids wear? <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard to chop up. <laughs> <laughs> so gi is a kind of um, clarified butter. Okay, it's you, you cook it down, and it's so kind of it's a different taste than butter. It's similar, but it's kind of intense. We use it when we're grilling, making grilled cheese, or grilling any kind of buns. It has no lactose left in it, right? They take the yeah. milk solids out. Right, right. You get it hotter. Yeah, so it's kind of like it turns it into a kind of a paste. And then I, I made a, a sauce for this out of plain Greek yogurt and um, mango scotch bonnet pepper sauce. Oh, my God. And and I, my thought was the, the herring's pretty fatty, so I think you need some acidity in there to kind of um, – to, to, uh, match it and scott bonnet peppers are particularly hot but this this sauce isn't um too bad so i'll i can show them to you those are delicious wow wow the herring is like nice color too i'll tell you what it's uh it's gorgeous in the can as you said rich with the salmon it has the skin on it um the same kind of a a similar smoky uh, smell to it so i'm going to just bite into one of these those look really good. Mm. They're killer. So good. And I've, I've never had herring before. It's one of my favorite fish, I think. Yeah. No, it's just amazing. Now, now, listeners can't see this, but Tim is actually crying. <laughs> <laughs> He's weeping. He's with weeping pleasure. with joy. Yeah. Yeah, I got to say, like, of all of our Tim Fish challenges, this one might not have been the most fun, but it was definitely the most delicious. It was at least we could look forward to it and enjoy it, unlike the other ones. The other ones, I know. Now, this, this fish is so good. This is the type of thing where I would I would buy it for a holiday. I mean, it's not inexpensive, right. but the quality is so gourmet. I would definitely try out some of these other recipes. It's just ridiculously. I've never had anything out of a can from a fish standpoint that was even close to this. Yeah. You know, it's funny. There's a Boston restaurant called Salty Girl, and all they served is tinned fish in that restaurant. It's all gourmet tinned fish. And uh, we should, after the pandemic, we should make a trip down the Rich and see if we can get a free meal out of them and <laughs> record a live show there. Mm, yeah, I looked at I looked at their site. They're having some COVID the issues they kind of got rid of some of the tinned fish, I think, and they're just trying to get by. So, just trying to survive. I, I That's why I said when COVID's over, we'll try to try it's to check. A perfect COVID food, but I guess you know it's a little expensive for going out. It, it is, but you know it's funny because I've never thought about tinned fish as a gourmet, high quality food until like now. So I think Tim is on the on the button <laughs> right because I thought tinned fish is all going to be like just you know sardines and crap that Grandpa ate, you know. And, <laughs> You open the sardines up. You take a crappy, gross sardine, put it on a on a pretzel, and squirt some mustard on it, and you shove it in your face and you fart, and that was it. So <laughs> it's yeah. like the beans of the seafood world. <laughs> That's been my I think Europeans have a Spanish tapas and things like that use a, a higher grade of tinned fish. Um, 
Well, the difference is this is being canned by hand. They're not making 15 million cans of it a day, and you can tell in the quality. You really can. I mean, it's well done. It's not all squishy and minced. Now, I used to work at a cannery. Do you guys know this? No. Mm -mm. No. Oh, my God. Do you want me to tell you about the worst job I ever had? It's my worst nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) So so when I was a kid living in New Jersey, I was 18 years old. I just got back from England. I spent all my life savings trying to chase a girl in England. It did, that didn't work out. Um, when I say life savings, I mean like my dozens of dollars I saved up in high school. And <laughs> it worked out. You're I got, fine now. I got back to New Jersey. I was working at a deli, which means I was making cheesesteaks, you know, 12 hours a day and having a fine time, you know. And in Cape May, Wildwood area of New Jersey, it's a summer economy only. There's no winter economy. Everything shuts down for the winter, and I lost my my job making cheesesteaks and I had to go find some work. And the only place that was hiring was McDonald's and I was too good for McDonald's. And the other place hiring was the local cannery, which I thought I was not too good for. Uh, (laughs) So I went to the cannery and I got a job shucking clams. And the way that works is you get there at four in the morning and that's when the boats come in and they, they, you're in this giant room and the other employees there are, Pakistani migrant workers who make fun of anyone with no mustache and call you little girl, which is what they called me, uh, and and prison prison re- people on prison release programs, and then me, little Clay from New Jersey. So I was too good for the management track at McDonald's. I was too good for McDonald's, and so and here's how you get paid: you have a five gallon bucket next to you. They give you some gloves and a couple of knives, and you have a punch card on your belt. And if you fill the bucket to the very, very top of shucked clams, you get $3. There's no hourly rate. There's no base pay. There's nothing else. It's $3. Piecework. Piecework, right. And so I'm, my first day of training, I'm watching, and the people who are good at it are filling buckets in like seven or eight minutes. And I'm like, oh, easy. I can do that. So I take the job. I get to the line. It's four in the morning. I'm a little girl with no mustache. <laughs> and the buzzer comes on and the conveyor belt kicks in and these clams come down. And the people around me have like hands like the flash. You've never seen hands move so fast. Their buckets are filling up and six hours go by. I've got a half a bucket filled up with clams. $1.50. I made $1.50 today. That was my day. Now, the other part of this job is also a very, very dangerous job because – in front of the clam shucking line are these, every six feet, there is a cement barrel. It's about eight feet across, about eight feet tall, and it has the big explosive lo- lo- explosives logo on the front of it. And so the rule is, if you find something that might be a grenade, <laughs> I'm not making this up, you pick it up, you toss it in one of those barrels, you hit the big red button that's next to you and say, down, and everyone freezes and jumps onto the line. In case it blows up, and that only how happened. often did that happen? So I worked there a week. It happened three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I after a week, I decided McDonald's is a great job, and I went there. And I was so happy to be flipping eggs at four in the morning instead of shucking clams at four in the morning. <laughs> Worst job Crazy. ever. Clam shucking. There it is. You heard it. I'm surprised <laughs> they didn't have a machine that does it, but. I, huh. If you can pay people three dollars for a five-gallon bucket of clams, why buy a robot? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, the world. Anyway, what's the worst, worst job ever? <laughs> and by the way, when I was working at McDonald's, I met um, I met Norm McDonald. You know Norm from Ooh. the comedian. That's like a two. I know and nothing to do with McDonald's at all, but he he ordered French fries and he came in. and He was like. I want to order some French fries. And I want the kind that are so hot that it makes the uh, roof of my mouth kind of melt off and hurt a lot and cry. I want to cry when I eat my French fries. That's how hot I want them. That's how you order French fries. So, true I story. Norm. I do like him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I was starstruck and just pushed the French fry button, took his money. But it was still there. <laughs> Did you make sure his fries were hot? Did I don't know what I did. I was like 18 and scared of famous people. <laughs> <laughs> You want to go shuck clams? Go shuck clams at the cannery. It'll be fun. I want to shuck so many clams that my, my bucket fills up with $5 worth of clams, even though you only pay $3. So, <laughs> so, Rich, are you going to start to can perch in your home? 
Well, the side business. Talking about filling a five gallon bucket to make three bucks, I would probably make three bucks my whole entire life with two inch fish. <laughs> so that would not be a wise economic decision. You have to find really small cans. <laughs> or use pickerel. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's, make it's, it like caviar, just a little dollop. Uh, it's funny because to, to, tomorrow we've got a fishing trip booked that's a perch fishing trip, and the clients want to catch and cook fish on the ice. That's the whole goal tomorrow, which I hate doing for clients. I like clients, but I don't like catching and cooking at the time because it's, first of all, catching a fish is enough pressure. And then having to cook it for someone on top of that is just like, I, I, I want to cook them hamburgers and hot dogs. That's what I want to do. <laughs> How are you going to cook them on the ice? Well, I'm not, the ice will keep them cold. I'm going to bring fire. Uh, no, I'm going to bring, I have a little grill and bring it out. I think what I'm going to do is just keep it really simple. I'm going to bring a skillet, butter, salt, pepper, and garlic. And just if they catch one, I'm going to just fillet it up and throw it on the grill with salt, pepper, and garlic and take, all right, eat it. There's your food. I have a better idea, Clay. This is what you do. Oh, God. You, you, you take them, you hide them behind yourself, and then you take a can of the herring out. <laughs> and you you give it to them, and they will be so impressed. I'll be like, gooey duck. <laughs> gooey duck, yeah. You didn't know Perch was like this. Oh. Perch <laughs> is surprisingly smoky. <laughs> well, that's it. Any any uh, final thoughts on, uh, on canned fish from the wild fish cannery? <laughs> It's so refreshing to not have something horrible, <laughs> to have something I would eat like as a meal. I mean, it, it is nice. It is nice. What about you, Tim? I just loved it. I'm gonna, definitely going to try some of the other ones on their site. Yeah, and we want to – go ahead. I still have the gooey duck I have to try, but the, the salmon and the herring are just out of this world. Yeah, you can't, you're not going to go wrong. The gooey duck is, is shockingly good. It has a little bit of a liver texture to it if you just eat it right, right out of the can. Um, yeah, chop it up. It, it really it, little little tiny bits mm-hmm. pasta, or I don't know what else you do with it. I can't think of what else I do with it, but it's really good. I might put mine in an omelet. Could we yeah. talk omelet mm-hmm. with the Is eggs? That, that would be good. Yeah, why not? Everything's possible, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. Anyway, we want to, we want to thank Wild Fish Cannery for sending that fish on our way. And Tim, thank you for uh, for making that connection for us. That was pretty cool. Glad to do it. It was fun. It was fun. And uh, actually, that's the whole show. I've, I don't need any more any more content tonight. I have everything I need. So we're going to wrap it up, unless you guys have anything else to say. All right. So that's it. You've listened to a bunch, bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. Big thanks to Wally Pleasant for our theme music. Thank you to Wildfish Cannery for the delicious fish they sent our way. Thanks to Manscaped for what you've done for me today. Appreciate you. That's our new sponsor, by the way, in case you're not keeping up. Um, that's why my face is so clean, but I'm afraid to shower. And, uh, <laughs> and you look like a little girl. <laughs> I look like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tim Beat. And thank you, Rich Collins, for uh, helping with cooking the fish tonight. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds. Spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get and i need to switch over to the right music so i can end this i have whether you're fly fishing in a stream getting those ankles wet or deep in the ocean casting nets fish nerds fish nerds fish nerds it's a podcast it's a podcast just for the halibut fry it in a basket or broiled in a pan eat it raw like you're in siam fish nerds Fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast.